here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome to episode 103 of Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold. This is Steffi Smalls. This is the week two NFL betting preview. We crushed it in week one. We are back for week two. Steph, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It was a fun week one. Not A lot of upsets there that people were not expecting, so I'm excited to get into this week two slate. My God, was it a disaster out there if you did not have the Ravens and Survivor. Fortunately, I did at Circa in Vegas. Thank God. Uh, almost half or over half the people are gone in that one. Three Circa contests for me. First one went three and two. The other two went five and oh. Hot and spicy week to start off. Can't wait to get into the slate this week. Some Champions Rounds plugs off the top. We have three seven stakes contests this week. We have a CFB contest for Saturday. We have a Sunday's only contest uh, for seven stakes with only the games that are happening on Sunday. And then we have a doubleheader for Monday Night Football. If you enter the Monday, Monday Night Football one, you could enter to win an A.J. Brown signed Eagles jersey. That's real spicy. Uh, you can play Daily Dozen every day this week. $12 to win 1200 And if you are a weekly leader, you're going to be able to win a Justin Jefferson signed Vikings jersey. And if you play the entire month with, with us and you are the monthly leader, we're going to give away, I haven't announced this anywhere yet, a Josh Allen signed Bills helmet. So be sure to play every single day. Daily doesn't go lock in those picks. Today's picks, MLB, you can lock those in. 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, all right, we might as well get into the lines. Week two, let's start it off hot. Chargers, Chiefs. The debut of Amazon Prime Thursday Night Football. Excited to see Al and Kirk on the call. Currently, uh, Kansas City minus four over under is 54. I'll just say off the top, I put in a bet already on the under 55. Uh, I'm glad that it's moved to under 54. In terms of the line, what are you kind of thinking? What do you think about this game in general? Yeah, Steely kind of makes me a little uneasy still. I think that the Chargers defense looked really good, and I think that that's partially why they won that game last week. Mahomes also looked fantastic. Like, Tyreek Hill, who no one cares, doesn't matter. Him and Reed are obviously still very much on the same page. Don't love this game. I like that you got that number at at 54. What did you get at 54, you said, or 55? 55. It's at 54 in the market right now. Yeah, I like that a lot. This is an interesting game. I'm probably leaning towards Kansas City here. What about you? Uh, I'm a little torn on that number. My power rankings make this Kansas City minus five, but divisional game Chargers won at Kansas City last year. Kansas City's offense looked really, really good. You're right. Mahomes didn't miss a step. Tyreek who totally the Chargers offense, Herbert, Herbert played great. Um, the running back situation, not awesome. And I think that one of the things that stood out to me, one, maybe no Keenan Allen this game, probably pretty important for the Chargers. And second of all, I'm a little concerned long-term about the speed that the Chargers offense is going to play with at this point. None of the running backs look particularly explosive. We know that Austin Eckler will be at some points, but he's not exactly a burner, right? And now right. you lose you lose Keenan Allen, who's the best possession receiver in the NFL. Mike Williams did not really get targeted at all. DeAndre Carter had a massive game. He might end up being the third wide receiver for the Chargers, and then Joshua Palmer's probably going to step into this Keenan Allen role. Is that enough offense to go head-to-head with this – Chiefs offense that looks, you know, they didn't miss a step. They're ready to roll. I understand. Look, I could not be more against the Arizona Cardinals. So <laughs> let, let's put it at that, that our Arizona Cardinals defense may stink. But Kansas City looks really confident. 
Thursday night short week at home. Lean towards the Chiefs, but minus four in a divisional game versus a really talented opponent. Kind of tough, right? Too much there, I think, a little bit. I think I'm, I'm better off with the totals, maybe looking at team totals too, but this might be – I'm probably staying away from the spread in this game. All right, uh, let's head over to the Sunday slate. First game that I have on the board, Miami Dolphins plus three and a half against the Baltimore Ravens, both winners this week. Total set at 44 and a half. Any initial lean on that game? I can't drink the Dolphins Kool-Aid. And I want to drink the Dolphins Kool-Aid, but I can't. I like the Ravens to cover at home. The Dolphins is obviously very tempting here, and I think this is going to be a really close game. Miami's defense looked awesome, but they were also playing New England, who I don't know that that's a really great – you can't really tell exactly how good they are, given that it's New England. You know, they – only gave up seven points in 271 yards. So a little bit of a pathetic performance, but how much of that is just the Patriots being stinky versus Miami being awesome, which I do think their defense is great. Uh, but Lamar looked like he really settled down once he got into the groove of things towards the end of that game looked great. So I'm going to stick with the Ravens covering at home. I could see this end up being one of those shootouts though. Ooh, interesting. Okay. I was kind of going to go the other way here. So my power oh, rankings no. have this game, Baltimore minus four. Uh, total instead of 44 and a half right now, leaning towards that under personally. I'm, it started off at 44. I'm hoping this gets to like 45 or 46. Um, the reason that I'm thinking of the under here, so Baltimore's offense against the Jets sputtered for most of the game. They hit two really deep balls with Lamar Jackson. Didn't look like they were completely in sync. The running backs really did much of nothing with Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake. I'm wondering if that Ravens offense is going to take some time to keep or to get churning. Meanwhile, Miami's defense looked really good. Yes, it was the Patriots, but they still look they still look good. Javon Holland was great. They got to the quarterback. That was awesome. And then Miami's offense, I'm really high on Mike McDaniel. Uh, I thought that they did some really good things uh, against the Patriots, but all in all, they only scored 13 offensive points against the Patriots. So am I really that high on this offense right now? Tyreek Hill got involved in the offense. Waddle had a nice touchdown pass. Some creative stuff in the running game, but not that many yards. And Tua... Despite the fact that they won 27, Tua looked like crap. He was objectively terrible in that game. He left a lot of points on the board. So I'm a little scared to take Miami in this situation. I think that Miami plus three and a half is the right side. I'm probably not going to bet on Baltimore. I like the under in this game. I think it'll be a close game. Something like 2017 Baltimore sounds right to me. That's fair. I just want the Ravens to crush them, but that's the end. I, I do too. I I, not that's what's going to happen, but it's what I want. <laughs> I have a lot riding on the Ravens this season, obviously. All right, let, let's, go, let's go to the worst game on the board. Jets versus the Cleveland Browns. Jets plus six, total set at 40 and a half. What are the Cleveland Browns doing with that logo at midfield? That's like the weirdest thing I've seen in a while. I, I want to bet against them just because of that. What a, what a, they're just a weird organization. Like everything they do makes no sense. I just – this is a gross game. Don't couldn't care less about this game. Uh, Jacoby Brissett looked fine. He actually didn't look. He looked below where I thought he was going to look. He made some nice plays down the stretch, which was nice, and their run game was pretty solid, which probably kept them in there. Uh, but I think the Ravens exposed the Jets' secondary. So if the Browns can take advantage of that, this should be a steal game for them. Uh, kind of a gross game. Forty points. A little low. Maybe this turns into like a garbage game that goes over. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm torn on this game. I thought that the Browns' offensive line was good. Their running game was, ab, you know, awesome. Chubb and Hunt, yeah. eight. So I expect them to have success on the ground versus the Jets. The Jets are just – it's a young team. They're going to take some time to gel. So I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if Cleveland puts it on here. 
My power ranking has this at five and a half, so I probably won't bet Cleveland this game. That's the mm-hmm. side I'm leaning on. If Cleveland gets to seven, seems like a teaser piece would be in play here. Yeah. That's about it. I do know that this number has come down a little bit. It was six and a half. Now it's six. So some early money coming in okay. on the Jets probably is a bounce back spot. Cleveland won. So maybe that part I understand. Generally a stay away from me, though. Yeah. Just a gross game overall. Like, we'll stay away in, like, I'm not watching that game either. And I probably won't sure. rewatch it either on Monday. That, it was definitely not going to make <laughs> much, much of the red zone. I can guarantee you that. Uh, Next game up, really interesting game. Uh, Washington Commanders plus two and a half at the Detroit Lions. Total set at 48 and a half. I gave this play out last week before the week one games even started. I said bet on the Lions overs early in the season. So we crushed on the Philadelphia Eagles and Lions over. And I bet this number at 45, the over for Washington Detroit is now at 48 and a half. I still think it's a good number. Just like last week, this number from the Lions hung out at 48 and a half. Wait until this thing hits 48. It's a key number. That would be my play here, over 48 in this game. In terms of Commander's Lions at plus 2.5, minus 2.5, what side are you kind of leaning towards right now? Mm, this is interesting here. Wait, who is the favorite here? Why am I mixing these two? The Lions up? are favored by 2.5. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This – I just think that Carson Wentz is still full of shit. Like, I love that he had, like, a little bit of a resurgence – but again, like we kind of saw that same thing where everyone got excited last year when he was playing with the Colts and he just reverted back to who he is, where he acts like he doesn't know how to play football. So I, I can't put a lot of trust in the commanders. And in that, I think that Dotson looked awesome. And, uh, you know, the Detroit offensive line is very impressive. And I think it's going to give the commanders problem, despite I will give credit to Washington's defensive line. They looked much better than I was personally expecting. Uh I'm kind of leaning on the commanders. I don't know. What are you doing? Uh, my power rankings have this Washington favored by a half a point. So in theory, that's a three-point advantage for me. I should be taking the commanders. I love this Lions team. I love that they don't quit. Look, their defense, like I said last week, they still stink. So the defense is terrible. They're not really yeah. going to get to the quarterback. This is more of a matter of, is Carson Wentz going to turn over the ball? Is there enough pressure in his face to do so? I'm not sure, but I do think this Lions offense can have success against the Commanders. I lean towards the Commanders plus two and a half, but I do know that positionally, Commanders coming off a win, Detroit coming off of a loss. Usually I'm supposed to take Detroit in that situation. So this is more of a, let's see where the market moves. If it moves towards the Lions at minus three, I'll probably bet them. If it moves towards the Commanders, minus two, I probably have to take the money line on the Commanders, but not really ready to make a decision on that one quite yet. Uh, Next game on the board, Colts minus four at Jacksonville. Total sitting at 46 and a half. My power rankings on this game have Indianapolis minus three and a half. What's your initial opinion on this? Uh, I like the Colts minus four here. I think Matt Ryan looked good. I think that they should, you know, they should have beaten the Falcons in like, I don't know what that game was. It was bizarre. I think Matt Ryan came out so hot and then all of a sudden somehow the Falcons just came from behind a little bit and they tied that game. Trevor Lawrence needs to pull it together. Uh, It's time to start making a little bit more of a move towards not being uh, this, like, immature, inexperienced play caller. You have weapons now. I don't know. I think there's going to be a learning curve for this team, so maybe it was a little silly to think that they were going to come out of the gate super hot. They also did look horrible, right? But the Colts D should be able to take advantage of their weaknesses there. I don't think that anything was impressive, and I think it's going to take a couple weeks for this this Jaguars offense to kind of pull it together. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville definitely had their chances and Trevor Lawrence 
he just didn't put it together. He still hasn't. And I was, <coughs> excuse me. I was expecting more with a Doug Peterson led, led uh, offense. Yes. Uh, you know, Washington's defense might be better than we thought. Indianapolis, you know, against Houston, they were just absolutely awful. Uh, getting down you know, 20 to three at one point and then coming back. Jonathan Taylor was still good on the ground. The offensive line was still good. The left tackle position is a little bit of an issue. Matt Ryan just still looks like he has a dead arm that he left in uh, Atlanta. <laughs> is that a concern against Jacksonville? I don't know. Carson Wentz just ate them up. So I, I anticipate that Indianapolis will also have revenge on their mind heading to Jacksonville based on the loss at the end of last season. Wouldn't be surprised yes. to see them pour it on. I'm high on the Jaguars this year. Plus four is probably a good number. You know, home divisional opponent. Usually a good spot to bet back the Jaguars. I have a sneaking suspicion that the Colts are going to be, this is kind of like a kitchen sink game for them. They're going to try and lay it on, especially after tying in week one. So initial lean is towards the Colts. But if this market moves towards Jacksonville, uh, I might have to get involved on that side. Total, I don't really have a read. Under 46 and a half seems kind of like the right play. Um, mm-hmm. But Jacksonville's defense was really bad last week. And, you know, the Colts even, they gave up 20 points to uh, the Texans. So uh, right. this is more of a wait and see game for me. Next game on the board, Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus three at the New Orleans Saints. Total at 44 and a half. The New Orleans Saints have not lost to Tom Brady since he went to the Buccaneers. They have absolutely eaten the Tampa Bay's lunch. Wouldn't be surprised to see it again. New Orleans plus three looks mighty tasty at home. I, yes, it does look mighty tasty. And on my do not fucking bet list ever is Tom Brady against the New Orleans Saints. Four straight losses to New Orleans. Uh, I think Tampa Bay's defense looked great, but the Cowboys also suck. They suck yeah. with Dak. They suck without Dak. Like, this is another game where it's like, yeah, they great. They dominated. But in what fashion when they're actually playing a competitor? Because that was not a competitive game. It's hard to be able to tell. You know, they only allowed three points under 250 total yards. But, again, the Cowboys are a disaster. Like, their wide receiver room is a disaster. Their O-line looks atrocious. Now they don't have Dak. Tempting. One of my things is I do tend to like backup quarterbacks They're that first time that they get that start, but that's besides yeah. the point. That's another game. And we'll talk about that when we get there. So uh, it's hard for me to stay away, like to stay away from New Orleans here. I, I, you know, 45 and a half, maybe we see this go over, but again, this might be something where I watch for this moves. This Tampa Bay offense has just struggled so much against yeah. this New Orleans defense. So I, honestly, I kind of like the under 44 and a half. Uh, the Saints, I've seen some plus three and a halves in the market. If you can get that, go grab that. At three, it's a little dicier. Tampa Bay still, look, they lost their left tackle. Donovan Smith's going to be out for a while. Their offensive line was absolutely trashed. Godwin's going to be out for a while. This team's going to take a while to get into sync. This seems, yeah. Tampa Bay's team seems like to me like we get to like week nine, week 10, and they start cruising. But for right I'm now, just about I, to say that. <laughs> I think they're going to have some issues. And you know what, New Orleans. Their defense looked like crap against Atlanta. Mariota ripped them up for the first three quarters, and then they had a great comeback. But um, I anticipate that the Saints' defense will have a really, really good plan for Tom Brady. Plus three, plus three and a half. Seems like a good bet on the side of the Saints. Uh, next game on the board, ooh, buddy. The fighting Brian Dayballs. The dancing coach. Uh, Carolina Panthers plus two and a half against the New York Giants. At MetLife, total set at 43 and a half. Look at some early thoughts on Brian Dayball and the New York Giants, the fighting Giants. Don't make us favorites. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't make us favorites at home. That's so rude. Uh, I hate that we're favorites in this game. Not a fan. Uh, I think that the Giants having nearly 400 yards in of their total offense is impressive. A lot of that is because Saquon's back, which is fantastic. 
I don't know about you, but this game I think should be like is more of a pickup type ordeal. Like I don't, I don't know that I have a strong feel that either of these teams are that dominant. I think that it could easily stay low scoring, but the Giants contained Henry, and if they can do that for CMC, I, I kind of I can see why the Giants are favored. I will say this about Brian Dayball's offense: you guys only scored twenty-one points. But, okay, that's more than we've scored in like two years. I know, I know, but compared to the rest <laughs> of the league, like it's not that yeah. impressive. But I will yeah. say this: if you look, go dig a little bit deeper, 400 yards of offense, 6.8 yards per play, which was third best in the NFL. The other two teams that were ahead of them, Kansas City and Buffalo. So you're in really good company. No surprise that Brian Dayball is able to, you know, grab these big plays. Saquon Barkley was absolutely electric. Carolina, they played some good parts of the game, some bad parts of the game. Uh, CMC didn't really get involved, but he scored a touchdown. Robbie Anderson had a big play. DJ Moore wasn't really involved. Uh, I would expect the Panthers to play much better in this game. Probably a good spot to fade the Giants, especially as a home favorite here. Carolina coming off of a loss. My lean strongly is towards Carolina plus two and a half just because of the spot. In terms of the teams, I mean, I have the power ranking as uh, Giants minus two in this game. So I think the the line's pretty spot on. I just think that based on what happened last week, this is probably a good time to buy low on the Panthers, a good time to sell high on the Giants. It'll be interesting if they get, you know, they didn't really have Kadarius Tony involved. Sterling Shepard looked pretty good. They need a better game plan for their pass. A lot of that came down to Daniel Jones. Everyone knows I am a Daniel Jones, like, excuse us, but I, you know, he has to play better. So, and I think Dable, you saw him ripping into him on the sidelines. Yep. I, you know, he's being acclimated to having his third offensive. Like, this is totally new to him again. So, hopefully, they have more design run plays for him. And, I, you know, that was working great. It was when you do that. So, I think that um, it kind of seemed like in the beginning, until we got to the late third, fourth quarter, that they were just practicing what was in the playbook. Like, there was no game plan. So, hopefully, they game plan this time and it's not a free for all. But I'm with you. I, I will lean the plus two and a half. Carolina. Uh, next game on the board, one of the fishiest lines of the week, New England Patriots minus one at the Pittsburgh Steelers, totals 40 and a half. I'm sure that everybody in the public is going to say, why the hell are the Steelers dogs at home? The book's trying to tell you something, my friends. You're supposed to bet on New England in this game. I don't want to. I just made a shitload of money on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I liked what I saw on that defense. How are the Patriots going to score any more than seven points in this game, right? Who cares if T.J. Watt's not in the game? Mika Fitzpatrick's there. What, New England's going to throw the ball? Everything in your brain says the Steelers should win this game at home at plus one. There's a reason the line is so fishy. I have to be on the Patriots. I hate it. It's the grossest thing I'll do this week. You just got to trust what the bookmakers are telling you sometimes. Yeah, I don't know what. Like, the Patriots did nothing. Nothing exactly. that makes me want to bet on them now makes me want to bet on them week 10. Like, I don't, I don't like the Patriots this year at all, actually. Uh, they've done nothing to show me that, but I'm with you. Again, that's more of a reason. When I feel that strongly, like, why the fuck would I want to bet on this team? It's normally because the books are telling you something there. And, again, <laughs> Trubisky looked horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> he looked so bad. There was nothing about They're lucky that their defense is that do- – I mean, their defense looked incredible. Yeah. Uh, for To get Burrow to throw five interceptions is insane. I And, again – I don't really care if TJ Watts out. I think they'll still be really dominant, but I don't know, man, this, that O-line just looked like crap. Najee is obviously not himself and Trubisky is just not good. There's a good chance Najee doesn't play in this game. Yeah. So, so 
I don't know, go pick up Jalen Warren and pray that they have a running game. But I, I think that I am going to have to be on New England in this game. It's gross. This is like the, the puke-tastic game of the week. But uh, I think I'm going to have to be on New England. All right, uh, let's go to Los Angeles for the first game of the afternoon slate. Falcons plus 10.5 at the Rams total. It's 46.5. I really wanted Atlanta to win this game, one, for Mariota reasons. But two, because this would have been a perfect fade spot for the Falcons, a perfect buy spot on the Rams. You don't quite get that. but Rams minus 10 and a half against this Atlanta team that, you know, we didn't have high ups for their, their defense completely struggled in the second half. The offense was pretty good. I mean, they made some plays. Cordell Patterson was great. They got a, they need to get Kyle Pitts involved a little bit more. I just think this is probably a good bounce back spot for the Rams. 10 days off time to prepare time to get things right. I think that Allen Robinson has a big game. I think a little bit of a bounce back for Cam Akers too. I think that Sean McVay got enough shit for not using him. So I lean initially towards the Rams minus 10 and a half, despite that being a really big number. I just think it's a good spot for them. I want to be a brat. This is a brat game. I want to be a brat. I want to take that Falcons plus 10 and a half. I think the Falcons are going to end up being that team this year that just annoys the shit out of everyone. I think they're going to randomly stay in a lot of games. They're going to be aggravating because on paper, they should not be good at all. Um, And I think that they still have enough there to be annoying. It depends on if the Rams can actually pull it together and be the Rams. Like, I don't know what we saw uh, last week against the Bills, but they've had a lot of time off. And ultimately, I think the Rams is the way to go here. But if you want to get bratty, this is a nice little brat play here. All right. Uh, Seattle Seahawks plus 10 at the San Francisco 49ers. This over-under is 42 and a half. I'll just go on my rant off the top. There's never going to be a better spot. <laughs> for you to buy the San Francisco 49ers than right now, this week. Get this number now before it goes through the roof. Seattle, short week, emotional game, and they won. San Francisco, shitty loss, questions about Trey Lance, rain game, you can't take anything from it. It's a perfect spot to bet on the San Francisco 49ers. I can guarantee you that this will be in contention for my survivor pick this week. Bet on San Francisco in this game. I think that they win big. If you go back and look at last night, the Seattle game, they should have lost by 14 points easily. I'm thrilled that they won the game and they covered the plus six and a half for me. But go look at the box score. They got outgained by, well, 150 yards, two turnovers at the one-yard line, and another one that they couldn't punch in for a field goal. There is easily a way that that game could have been 31-17 Broncos. So I got big concerns about the Seattle Seahawks. I didn't move them up in my power rankings at all. San Francisco, I only moved down by a .5 because I don't think that there's that much that you can take from the game. Obviously, Elijah Mitchell being out. Hurts a little bit, but this is Kyle Shanahan. You can plug me in to play running back, and I'm still going to gain five yards of carry. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Kittle probably could be back this week. I think that Lance puts up a good game. I'm all in on the San Francisco 49ers this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally probably staying away from this game because last week you can't – again, when it's a monsoon and you don't know what's going on and Lance doesn't look great. I mean, it's literally a monsoon. Did you see the rain there? How can you yeah. tell how good this – this uh, can go. And you watch clips, and a lot of it is not all on Lance. I think that the other actors, he didn't play the he played outside of the weather. I You would think that Shanahan will, you know, pull it together and be competitive at home. My lean is obviously the Niners, come, you know, and you look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks, this didn't last night feel like that game that we're going to be talking about next year this time. Like, oh, remember when the Seahawks – Beat, like yep. beat the Bronco. Like it just, there's a lot of narrative around it. And a lot of that could just from like motion that they won. So I don't know. I, I, I'm staying away from this game. I'm happy for you. I'm staying away from this game. They're going to be emotionally exhausted. Six days. And after that, they put yeah. so much in 
to beating Russell. They're going to be destroyed. I know the record that Kyle Shanahan has against Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. I don't care. Throw it out the window. It's just a perfect spot for San Francisco in this game. Uh, next one on the board, 125 kickoff on the Pacific Coast. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, minus eight against the Dallas Cowboys. Total is 43 and a half. I'm going to let you go here because I, I know what angle you're going to take. Yeah, I mean, like, let's be serious. Okay, here's the thing, though. There's two ways I can go with this. I do normally, it's a little early in the season for me to start doing Do it. This is where I, I want you to go. I typically really, really love backup quarterbacks, their first game starting. You know, you look at Mike White. Just I can name you a list of all the times that we see this happen. So, with that being said, it's the Cowboys money line is interesting. I'm not saying I'm Ooh. doing it. It's interesting, though. Uh, but the Bengals should pull it together. I mean, their offense looked more effective as the game went on. I don't know what they were doing in the beginning, kind of figuring out maybe a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. And I mean, the Cowboys are a literal fucking disaster. I mean, and we should have expected this going into the season. Their wide receiver depth is bizarre. And then their O-line is horrible. So even if the defense carries them, what are you going to do? Keep getting the ball back to the offense for you guys to not, to not do anything. So uh outside of that it seems foolish to go with my let me take the cowboys because of the backup quarterback so i'm not going to do it that early i I like the Bengals to win this game the cowboys at plus eight is really interesting to me i think that i'm going to end up doing that cincinnati bringing it down from eight to two is a teaser piece i don't hate plus eight at home with a total of 43 and a half really low i kind of like that spot for them um, the Bengals offense should probably struggle also a little bit against this Cowboys defense. And the Cowboys defense knows that they're going to have to step up and try to win games for the team right now. So I would expect a pretty low scoring game, something like, uh, 23, 17 Bengals. They win by six and Dallas covers sounds yeah. about right to me. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going to go. Dallas plus eight, super interesting to me. My power rankings have this at Cincinnati minus five. So a lot of value if I want to bet on the Cowboys here. I probably wouldn't do the money line. Like Bengals as a teaser, kind of like the under 43 That's, and a half. I think as a teaser is probably the direction. All right. A uh, couple more games on the board. Houston plus 10 against the Denver Broncos. Totals at 45 and a half. Probably a good spot off the, for the Broncos. I mean, they their total yardage was insane. They looked really competent offensively. A lot of penalties that they'll probably clean up. Defense played really well in the second half. Houston, they went up 20-3. to three. Good spot for them against the Colts. They always seem to do well and fight really well in week one. little feisty bit of a team. Um, I expect the Broncos to come out in a big way and dominate this game. 10's a big number. My number on this is 10.5. So maybe a slightly towards the Broncos, but not sure that I'm going to play it. Yeah, and 10 just feels very excessive here. And I, it's... Like the Texans are definitely not like sexy by any means, but their defense definitely looks better than I was expecting. And Nathaniel Hackett is a moron, so I feel like this <laughs> could go anyway. I feel like this could go anyway. Um, I'm with you slightly towards the Broncos, but this might be a game I wait on before I start throwing cash. If the Broncos move down to nine and a half, I I will place a bet on this. Ten, I'm yes. a little dicey on it. Uh, Arizona plus five and a half against the Raiders in Vegas. Over under 51 and a half. Arizona might have the worst defense in the entire league. Raiders (laughs) offense looked good at times, bad at times. The defense is objectively terrible, even though they held the Chargers 24 points. Uh, Defensive line is really good, but that back seven is really terrible. 
Uh, I like the over 51 and a half in this game. If you can get this at 51, that's a huge key number. Do not bet above that. So 51 mm-hmm. and a half, I'm probably waiting until I see a 51 if I do. Uh, other than that, uh, my number on this game is error, or Vegas minus three and a half. So I think that a little bit of a buyback spot on Arizona, probably worth it at plus five and a half. There's probably too big of an adjustment in the market. I would love to see an Arizona plus six. I'll probably wait for that, but definitely think I'm going to end up on the Cardinals in some fashion in this game. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I mean, both these teams did not look great. The Cardinals looked horrible, which we knew was kind of going to happen, especially if their defense was just, I don't know what the hell was going on there. Carr is kind of due though to have, you know, he does have these great games at home. Throwing three interceptions against the Chargers is not necessarily what he does or what his MO is. And I think he could get right here, especially against this defense. So I prefer the over in this game uh, as far as the spread probably staying away unless this number moves. I don't know. Yeah. So Arizona plus six over 51, wait for those numbers. That's the way to play Mm -hmm. this game. Otherwise, as it is right now, five and a half and 51 and a half. Just, just wait a little bit. Let's see where the market moves on this. It's Tuesday. We got a lot of time to gamble. Uh, Sunday night football. I don't know why the hell they made this Sunday night football. It was a gross game. Chicago bears plus 10 at the green Bay Packers in Lambeau totals at 42 and a half. My power rankings on this game have Green Bay minus 11 and a half. That makes a lot of sense to me to take Green Bay in this game minus 10. Chicago got this great win last week, 19 to 10. They look semi-confident. It was a monsoon. I'm throwing everything out from that game possible. Green Bay opened up last year by getting their ass whooped against the New Orleans Saints. They did it this year against the Minnesota Vikings. You and I are both super high on the Vikings. I think it's Mm -hmm. probably a great time to buy really low on the Green Bay Packers. So I like the Packers minus 10 in this one. Yeah, I don't think Green Bay is losing to another NFC North team this week. That's just ridiculous. Um, I am with you, and I'm throwing again. It's so hard to assess what the Bears were in the monsoon. I don't care if they were. That game doesn't even count in my head. So, uh, it's pretty hard to believe that the Green Bay Packers are not going to improve. Their defense was really underwhelming, but they have pieces there. So, I'm not sure. It should be a get right. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm leaning towards Green Bay here. Fair enough. I am with you there. Why is uh, this a prime time game? I have no freaking clue. No uh, NBC, NBC got screwed on that one. And no one wants to listen to Tariko and Collinsworth anyways. Uh, someone I do want to listen to, Monday Night Football. Aikman and Buck were great last night. Now we get the 415 kickoff on Monday, first part of our doubleheader. The Tennessee Titans plus 10 against the Buffalo Bills. Tuttle's at 49 and a half. I gave this out early last week when it happened. I got Buffalo at minus 7 because I thought that the t- Tennessee Titans were going to stink. Uh, so I'm glad that I had the minus 7 10. Feel a little bit weird about my power rankings having this at nine and a half. Kind of where do you uh, fall on this one? I this game feels very trappy with this line for me. Bills Bills have had extra time to rest. Derrick Henry needs to get more involved. Like that just needs to be what happens. Titans are that team though that they tend to play up or down to their competition. So I kind of like the Titans plus ten here. I don't think that's a bad pick. And on the surface, look Buffalo. They have some advantage in this game. 10 days of rest. They're going to be at home. That crowd is going to be absolutely electric Monday night football. Uh, everybody's going to be super excited to see them. I do agree that Tennessee generally plays up to their opponents. I don't know what Brable was doing at the end of that game. It made absolutely no sense to me. Um, Tennessee's off a loss. I lean towards Tennessee at the plus 10. I lean towards the under 49.5. I think that number's too high. I think that Buffalo wins like 27-20. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that I'm going to end up on the Titans plus – well, I think the right side is the Tennessee Titans plus 10. 
I'm going to stick with that Buffalo minus seven number. I do like the under 49 and a half. I'm hoping that the public bets this up. If you can get it to 50, I would probably bet the under. That's kind of all I have on this game. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, last game on the board to close out episode 103, the Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles over under at 50 and a half. I feel like everyone and their mother is going to bet the over in this game for good reason. Both offenses looked great last week. Minnesota Vikings defense looked awesome. Philadelphia Eagles defense certainly did not, but it should be an interesting game. My numbers make this Philadelphia minus two. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I think that that's an appropriate number. I don't think that this is, you know, I think you're right where I think everyone is going to take the over in this game. And this might be that Sunday night football game that we do not get as as much scoring as we like to see and like to be entertained by. The Vikings can win this game. Uh, I think that if they play, their defense looked phenomenal. And their offense, you really, it's really hard to stop them. So I'm kind of leaning the Vikings posse. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm also drinking the Kool-Aid here. This is a really, really tough game to handicap. I really don't know where to go. I'm high on both teams. I thought that both offenses showed what they're capable of. Uh, I think that the Vikings have a lot more room to grow. The Eagles were playing the Lions defense, so, like, how much can we really take from that? They rushed two rushers for 90 yards, three running backs scored touchdowns. A.J. Brown was a monster. Uh, I would say the best way to play this game early, I would like to play uh, Devontae Smith over props because he had a 94% uh, snap share and he had zero targets and zero yards. Yeah. So probably a good place to get him involved. Minnesota's weakness on defense is going to be a cornerback. So uh, I would not be surprised to see Devontae Smith have a big game. I probably, I know that this number on the total is going to go up. So I'm going to probably end up on the under. I don't want to be, but I'm going to probably end up on the under. I yeah. lean towards the Eagles money line at home. There. But I, I really like the Vikings this year. So, like, this is going to be like a dart throw for me. I don't think this is going to be any one of my best bets. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of watching this game, though. This is an awesome, oh, yeah. awesome matchup to close out week two. Yeah, and the Vikings, after this game, they got a real easy schedule until they see the Bills in a couple weeks. So, the the Vikings could get really hot here if they win this game. Ooh, we love it. We need to close that eight and a half. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, that does it for Gambling with Gold, episode 103, our week two NFL betting preview. We'll be back on Friday with Joey for our week two locks. Can't wait to get into those. Until then, join all of our seven stakes contests. Go compete for that Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown signed jerseys. Enter the Daily Dozen every day this week. Let's make some money, turn $12 into 1200 And make sure you go check out Sunday's Best, four-round snake draft. All you have to do is draft one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end for Sunday players. It's really fun, really easy. Win some cash, play for free, any way you want to do it. Come join the Champions Round app, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck with your bets. See ya. See you guys.